Well, hey friends, Pastor Chris here. I hope you guys are doing well and that this has already been a phenomenal day of worship. Thank you for inviting me to join you this way and to celebrate our gathering together to lift up the name of God and the house of God with the people of God one more time. Before I get into the excitement of what lies ahead, this new year that God has given to us, let me say one last word about the year that was. Praise God for 2022 and among his many blessings in our lives, maybe at the top of my list, and hopefully yours as well, has it been his sustaining power and grace. The fact is, is that last year was a well of a year. There was so much that life threw at us. There were so many challenges, obstacles, difficulties, and the fact that you and I are still standing is noteworthy. It is praiseworthy, and we should thank God that he's kept us. And let that be a reminder. Hopefully that's a faith builder for you that the same God who kept you through your yesterdays will keep you through your todays and see you into your tomorrow. So be encouraged by that. But while you're being encouraged about God's sustaining grace for last year, I do want to talk about the new year that's upon us. Hopefully you're excited about that. You know, new things are exciting in a way that old things aren't. And the fact is, is that all of us love new things. We just came off a Christmas season, and every child I know was hoping for a new game or a new toy under that Christmas tree. Maybe your children were the same. Now, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and she was hoping for a new car, like her freshly minted driving license friends are hoping as well. But that's not just something that is specific for kids or teens. The fact is, we adults long for newness as well. Who among us isn't praying for uh, maybe new opportunities or a new relationship, or maybe you're looking for a new job or a new season of life. All of us are praying for newness. And why is it? It's because newness offers something fresh. It offers new possibilities, the potential of new blessings, like Old things don't. Think about it. Who gets excited about leftovers? Who is enthusiastic about things that are outdated and obsolete? No, we want something that is fresh and that is new. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, is does a new year necessarily represent new opportunities, new blessings for you? I wish I could tell you that just because the calendar has changed, that that means that you uh, have the ability to walk into something great and that yesterday's pains and problems are gone. But the fact of the matter is, is that a calendar change doesn't have that much power. The fact is, is that if you're going to have a year of new blessings, if you're going to walk in the wonderful things that God intends for us, the abundant life in Christ that scripture promises, this new year is going to need a, a new you. You can't take the same old you into a new year and expect something different. You're going to experience the same old leftover problems, the same old sin patterns, the same old issues in your life if you don't experience a new you. So that's what I want to talk about today. The fact that a, a new year needs a new you. But the question that many of us should be asking is, is it possible to be 
new. That was certainly the question of Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You may remember the conversation between this Pharisee and, and Jesus as Jesus declares to him, you must be born again. And he asks in John chapter 3, verse number 3, how can a man be born again? In many ways, he's asking a question, how can a person be made new? Is it possible for there to be a new me or a new you going into a new year. It reminds me of a recent quote that I read from the author Samuel Clemens, who wrote under the pseudonym Mark Twain. Maybe you've read some of Mark Twain in high school or later on in life, but he said a lot of memorable phrases. And one of the statements that he made that really speaks to this moment is this, it's not worthwhile to try to keep history from repeating itself for a man's character will always make preventing of the repetition impossible. What Mark Twain gets right, what, what he's really getting at is that our yesterdays are destined to be our todays and even our tomorrows if our character doesn't change. That we have to be made new if we're going to experience new things. This is why, again, I say a, a new year needs a new you if you're going to experience the blessings that God has for you. The Apostle Paul, when processing this question, details his conclusions in Romans chapter 7. Around verse number 15, he begins to lay out his dilemma. He says, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the evil I don't want to do, I keep on doing. It's like he found himself on a hamster wheel of past patterns of sin and past difficulties and problems. Those leftover issues didn't just go away in Paul's life because the calendar changed or his geography changed. See, you can't escape you. A new year needs a new you. Paul ultimately concludes, oh, what a wretched man I am. He comes to this place where he feels like a dead man on the inside. He says, who can deliver me from this body of death? And that's where he got to the right question. I love, and I find it enormously interesting that Paul, when processing, how can I be free from my old patterns, didn't ask what can deliver me, he asked who can deliver me. He knew that the answer was in a person, that the only way we can become new is if we had a new relationship. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to make all things new in your life, but it comes through a relationship with Jesus. But how do we experience this newness? I want to talk about two things that we have to do in order to experience newness in Christ. And, want, and I want us for a moment, if we could, to just look at Paul's writing in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Let's go there. Chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul is clearly writing about this whole process of being made new, and he describes it so beautifully, but he 
He also helps us to see that there are two things that we're going to have to do if we're going to experience newness in Christ. Verse 13 really crystallizes it. Notice what he does here in verse number 13. He contrasts two directions that we need to think about. First, our past, forgetting those things that are behind, and then our future, straining forward to those things that are ahead. So let's just talk about those two things. First, let's talk about forgetting what lies behind. What is Paul getting at here? Well, he's getting at what he refers to in verse number three of this chapter as confidence in the flesh. Paul says this, that if you're going to become new, if you're going to be a new you and a new year and experience all the new blessings that God has in store for you, the first thing you're going to have to do is to put behind you or to forget or to leave behind those things of the past. And namely the mindset that somehow I can put confidence in the flesh. You're not going to experience newness in Christ as long as you're putting confidence in the flesh. Now, how did this confidence express itself according to Paul? Well, he says in verse number five that he was a guy who really relied on social status. He goes on to describe himself as being circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. All of these things were ways that Paul would justify his significance, his importance, his success. It was so much built on social status. And so if you're going to be the new you that God wants you to be, you have to stop defining yourself by social status. Stop defining yourself according to the way that the world defines success. You know, our social status can never pay for our salvation. It's interesting that Paul would think that somehow his success or his salvation could somehow be defined by his birth or him being a part of a particular nation of people or him somehow being able to take credit for the things that he didn't control. He couldn't control that he was born into Israel. He couldn't control the day he was circumcised. He couldn't control what tribe he was a part of. In other words, Paul couldn't afford the gift of salvation through his social status. Kind of reminds me of uh, a recent trip that I took with my oldest son. One of the things that we do in the Brooks household is when a kid turns 10, double digits, they get to accompany dad on a trip. And so we went to Orlando on a uh, business trip that I had to take there. And I wanted to take him out to a really nice restaurant. And so we went out to the nice restaurant and we ate well. I bought him a blazer. He wore a suit jacket set across from me. And uh, it was really a, a rite of passage, if you will. It was a, a maturing place. But imagine when the bill came, if my son tried to pay for that bill with his uh, nickels and dimes. The fact of the matter is, is that he wouldn't have enough money to pay for that. And the reality is, is that we can't, through our social status, earn or pay for our salvation. We have to receive it as a gift. No, I was happy as his father to pay for that meal. And so it is that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross so that you and I could experience salvation. 
Well, the second way that this uh, uh, confidence in the flesh expressed itself in Paul's eyes was through his accomplishments. Look back at verse number five. He goes on to describe himself as pertaining to the law, a Pharisee. Uh, as uh, according to zeal, he says that he was a keeper of the law, a persecutor of the church. His rights, as it pertained to righteousness under the law, he was blameless. In other words, he he said, "Look at my resume. Look at how hard I've worked. Surely I can have confidence in the flesh more than any other person because of how hard I worked." Well, friends, I want to let you know that your hard work can't earn your salvation. You can't put confidence in that. You can't put confidence in your social status, and you can't put confidence in your hard work. Many of us are still operating from the mindset that somehow we can earn our way to salvation or somehow we can work hard enough. I just want to just have you picture something for just a moment. Can you imagine showing up before God on the day of judgment and him asking you, why should I let you into heaven? Why should I grant you paradise? Why should I grant you salvation and everlasting life with me and us presenting our resumes to him? That's not going to cut it. And the fact of the matter is, is that he's so unimpressed with that. Again, if we can't be made new because of our social status or because of our personal achievements, how do we experience newness? Is we leave those things behind. We forget about that way of thinking and we embrace a way of thinking that salvation is a gift from God. And if I can receive what Jesus did for me on that cross by faith, then I can be saved and I can be new. And I won't be depending on the calendar change for my blessing. I'll be depending on Christ for the transformation that I truly need in my life. Well, the second thing he tells us to do in verse number uh, 13 is that we need to strain forward to what lies ahead. To put it a different way, we need to reach forward for what lies ahead. What Paul was really getting at is what he said in verse number eight. He says, uh, I want to take a hold of Christ. I I want to uh, take a hold of Christ, even if it costs me everything. He says in verse number eight, indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, he said all of that previous stuff, that living off of personal achievement or thinking social status, likes and follows were somehow going to earn me happiness, that thinking that I can make enough money or amass enough possessions or accomplish enough achievements in order to have inner peace. He says, I put all of that behind and he goes on to call all of that stuff rubbish. He says, all that was dung or trash. I throw all of that away. None of us hold on to trash. You don't box up trash. You don't keep trash. You're hopefully not giving trash away as a gift. You don't see that as a treasure. Trash is to be thrown away. So throw away that old way of thinking 
and embrace the gift of Christ. He was reaching forward for the promise that Jesus offers us, that if we put our faith and trust in him, not only will we experience his newness today, but he promises that there's a day coming where he's gonna make all things new, not only in our lives personally, but in the world, that he's gonna make all things new. So Paul emphasizes to us that we need to reach forward for Christ. So what are you reaching for? You know, when we come into a new year, all of us set goals, don't we? We uh, set fitness goals. Maybe you've made resolutions around your finances. Maybe you've made resolution around dieting, all of those things. I hate to bust your bubble. Those are great resolutions to make. But 80% statistically of those of us who make resolutions in January, on January 1st, have already dropped them by February 1st. And so strive for all of that stuff. That's great stuff. But the reality is, is you're not going to be able to resolve yourself to a new life, a blessed life. You're going to need grace. And that grace comes from Jesus. That grace comes from God. And so today, my message is simple, that if you want a new year full of blessings, this new year is going to need a new you. And how do we become new? Well, the answer is that new life comes from Christ. That's the big idea, friends, is that new life comes from Christ. And so as we start this new year off, I want you to experience abundant life. I want you to experience the blessings that God has for you. But it's going to start with you answering the question, am I going to be the same old me? Or today, am I going to be made new? Today, if you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus, do it now. Don't go into this new year with an old you. Go into this new year with a new heart. You know if you need Jesus. You know if you have not yet surrendered your life to him. Jesus came for the broken. He came for the hurting. He came for the heavy hearted. He came for those of us who look at our lives and say, I can't put the pieces back together again. I am turning over the steering wheel to you, Jesus. I'm turning over control of my life to you. And I know that might be a scary thing, but I promise you, he is faithful. He is good and he will get you safely home. So how do you experience a new year of blessing? It's by becoming a new you. And if you're going to become a new you, let it start today. Put your faith and trust in Christ. I want to pray for us. Father, thank you for the love that you have shown us through sending Jesus. Lord, you see our brokenness. You see the wounds in our hearts. You see uh, the shattered relationships. And Lord, you stand there with open arms saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, today I pray for my friends who are weary, who are heavy laden, who's tried it all. They've done everything to try to improve their lives and have come to the conclusion that they can't. We need you. And so, Lord, I just pray that today you would draw men and women to yourself and that today would be this day of salvation um, for many. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, friends, I trust that your campus pastor will take this further. Uh, just know that I love you. Again, Happy New Year. And I pray that this year will be so full of blessing and that you wouldn't just have a new year. You have a new you. God bless.